You are listening to the How to Talk to Girls podcast with me, Trip Kramer. Hello and welcome back to another episode of the How to Talk to Girls podcast. I'm your host, Trip Kramer from tripadvice.com. Welcome back to another episode. How are you? How's the How to Talk to Girls podcast fam? What's going on out there? Thank you for those of you who have left a review on my iTunes, on the Spotify. Really appreciate it. I do read them. They do come in. You guys help the podcast grow. You guys help this and keep it alive. Of course, all of those of you who ever invest in coaching, those of you who get a video course, the one called Hooked, primarily, those of you who get the book, Magnetic, those all keep this podcast going. Just FYI, I don't do sponsorships, as you know. This is a podcast that is for free for you, and it also helps with marketing the business, with helping get more people into more help, right? So beyond the podcast, coaching programs, courses, all that stuff. So every time someone gets something, it's like you are keeping it alive. I get to keep on doing this, and I love it. I absolutely love it. So how is everyone doing out there? Let's chat today about a few topics, mainly approaching that one, that old thing that we talk about quite a bit. And then I want to go into some Q&A, guys who have been writing in to trip at tripadvice.com. There's a lot here. I love these questions. Honestly, and maybe I say this too much, but I don't care. I'll say it again. I know you're not listening to every episode, so might as well repeat myself. I love answering your questions. I do. I love answering your questions here on the podcast. It's so fun for me. It's fun because it also challenges me. I don't read them ahead of time. One of the team members at TripAdvice, he goes through and checks all them and makes sure that they're good for the podcast. And then I get to read them here live and answer your questions. I just absolutely love it. Keeps me fresh. And I want to be able to help you guys as much as I can. So it's just awesome. I love how synergistic it is. Okay, enough nonsense. I want to talk to you today about, first, again, before we go into the Q&A, I want to talk about practicing approaching. And the reason why I want to bring this up today is because this comes up in my coaching calls quite a bit. And I thought, you know what? I got to get this out there. I want everyone to know this. And we're talking about this concept called deliberate practice. Deliberate practice. What does deliberate practice mean? I want to see what Google says. Deliberate practice. What happens if I type that in? Deliberate practice refers to a special type of practice that is purposeful and systematic. Oh, man, that's perfect. Yes, in fact, it's talked about in James Clear book called Atomic Habits. I believe it's inside of Atomic Habits. At the very least, it is talked about by James Clear, who is the author of Atomic Habits. He also says here, while regular practice might include mindless repetitions, deliberate practice requires focused attention and is conducted with the specific goal of improving performance. So we want you if you are someone who is going out and approaching women, which I believe you should, so if you're doing in-person conversations, in-person approaching, you should be doing deliberate practice style. You should not be doing 
the mindless repetitions or regular practice, as James calls it. It has to be deliberate. Now, why? So let's talk about, well, what does regular mindless repetitions look like? That looks like you're going out to the gym, you're going grocery shopping, you're running errands, and you think, okay, well, I'll double up, I'll run my errands, and I'll do some approaches. And listen, I appreciate that. I appreciate saving time. I appreciate you multitasking in a sense. I do appreciate what you're trying to do there. However, it doesn't work. So I've found that when I'm talking to clients and they say, yeah, I just couldn't get that many approaches in today or this week, and they're telling me about their week, they can't get it in. It's mainly because they're trying to do it during other stuff. They're doing it and they're multitasking. And it doesn't help here. Why? Because you actually end up more anxious. You end up more anxious and not getting many approaches. Well, actually, more importantly, you're not getting many approaches in. But yes, it is more anxious because you're trying to do your thing, whatever errand you're trying to run. And then with that, you're also trying to approach and you get more anxiety because you feel like, well, I got to do this, but I'm also doing this. It's like too much at once. And you only end up getting a few approaches in. Now, I have clients that say to me, and they say to me in an argument against this, they say, well, Trip, I just got to be honest with you. This feels really strange. Like I have to go out and I have to do approaches. I feel like creepy. I feel weird. I feel like I'm just going out there specifically to do this, and it feels strange. And first of all, I get it. Of course it feels strange. It's probably something you've never done before. So let's just all admit, anything you haven't done before is going to be a little weird, going to be a little bit strange. So that's first of all, but I get it. I understand. It seems a little strange to go out there and do approaches. Like a lot of people are probably not doing this. Well, the only reason why you're thinking it's strange is because you're probably just comparing yourself to other people. I bet you if everyone else was doing it or you knew a lot of people were doing it, maybe you wouldn't feel as strange. But let's forget about comparing yourself to others. Let's just focus on what you need to do to be a person who's going to be good at meeting women. So forget judgments right now. Throw judgments out the window and think about what one needs to do. So what does one need to do to get good at something? They need to repeat it over and over, right? Repetition. So what's the best way to do that? Well, I think we can all agree that doing it while multitasking other things is not going to work. Or at least maybe it works a little bit. You might say, oh, no, that's not true, Trip. I've, I've done errands and I've done some approaches. Okay, but you've probably only gotten a couple in. That has to be the case. You've only gotten a couple of approaches in. Now, if you go out with deliberate practice and say, hey, I'm going to take an hour and go out and approach as many women as I can, or I'm going to approach 15 or 10 women or whatever number that you think is going to be good for you, you are more likely to get that done in a segment of time with deliberate practice that is purposeful and systematic than doing it while you're running errands or while you just happen to be going out with your friends to the bar. So what I'm saying here is forget about what society says and all that stuff. Just focus on what you need to do to get better. And to get better, you need a lot of repetitions. You need a lot of reps. When you go to the gym and you want to build muscle, over time, you're going to do a lot of reps, right? So you're going to be repeating yourself over and over and over because that's what gets you good at the thing that you're trying to practice and the skill that you're trying to achieve. 
So if you're going out and you're saying, hey, I'm going to do this many approaches in this amount of time, you're more likely to get it done doing that than trying to go out and run errands and do it all at the same time. So that's what I want for you. I want you to think, how can I make this a deliberate practice? How can I make this something that allows me to get more repetitions done? And so what? So people are going to think it's weird. And when I say they think it's going to be weird, that's, you know, in theory, no one's going to necessarily know what you're doing. You you go out to a mall, you do a few approaches there. You go to a Target, you do a few approaches there. You go to a place where it's just a large turnover of people walking back and forth. Like, for example, in Los Angeles, there's a place called the Third Street Promenade where it just flushes new people like every 15 minutes because it's just people walking down and out through a street. So I want you to focus on what you need to do to get good. I want you to use deliberate practice, purposeful and systematic practice. I want you to stop letting these like hypothetical judgments, we'll call them. That's what people end up getting consumed by when they don't end up doing the things that they want to do. They go through their head of these hypothetical judgments of like, oh, people might judge me. They might see me. They might, or it's just weird because society doesn't do this. Fuck what society says. Play by the trips, ethical or moral rules, which is one, if it's not illegal and you're not hurting anyone, then do whatever the hell you want so you can get the results you want in your life and be in the top 0.001% of people who say, yeah, I'm going to go out today and I'm going to go and do some approaches and I'm going to practice this and I'm going to make this work for me so I can get to the point where I feel more comfortable, confident, and charismatic with women and then have more leads, right? Because remember the game plan here. What's the big game plan? You use online dating and in-person to get a lot of leads and then you can filter for the women that you're looking for. So don't underestimate the power of deliberate practice. You always know that you have an opportunity to join the coaching program where we talk about not only deliberate practice, but I push you and my team pushes you. Yes, there is another coach here at TripAdvice. There is a team growing because there's only so much trip to go around. But don't worry, whether you work with me or whether you work with one of my coaches, you are going to get the best information. TripAdvice has created a system, has created a full game plan for every guy who wants to get better with meeting and attracting women. And it does work and it can work for you. Go to coachedbytrip.com today. If you don't believe me, scroll down to the middle of the page. Look at those testimonials, real testimonials from real people who've gotten real results. And it's quite life-changing how guys have been able to just join this program and just tweak a few things in their life and then get these big changes and implementing such techniques such as deliberate practice. Coachedbytrip.com apply. Work with us today. And of course, if you don't feel like coaching is something you're ready for yet and you want just a small step down, get hooked at getherhook.com. That is the ultimate video course that teaches you my entire TED system for building attraction, how to meet women in person, and how to get to the point where you understand how attraction works and then you can tap into that. Powerful stuff. Getterhook.com. Let's go into Q&A. Thanks, everyone, for emailing in. Trip at tripadvice.com. You've emailed me. You've put in the subject line podcast question. 
We have picked them out. We are here to answer them right now. Here's Nate. Hi, Trip. I'm a longtime listener of your How to Talk to Girls podcast. I'm a huge fan of your work and your advice. It has helped me with my relationships through college and through the pandemic with your advice for dating apps. I've listened to a lot of your podcasts and I've tried to find an answer to my question without resolution. Oh, I can't wait. This is exciting. A little backstory. I just graduated from college and had to move back home for a job that will help me get accepted at graduate school. I live with my family in a rural county with less than 50,000 residents. The nearest bars and clubs to talk to attractive women around my age are an hour away. I do well and have good conversations and get phone numbers, but I can never manage to seal the deal and go home with any of them. I feel like a tool when it's almost closing and I ask, so where are you going after this? Mainly because I don't want to drive home. I've had a few drinks. My question is, how can I get a girl to bring me home with her after a night out drinking and having conversation and building attraction? Thanks, Nate. Nate, great question. I got an answer for you. I want to I want to give you an answer that is going to truly change the game for you. So instead of thinking about how you can get her home, okay? So you're saying, how can I get a girl to come home with you after a night of drinking and having conversation and building attraction? Focus on getting dates instead of same night lays, SNLs, we used to call them. So instead of trying to get an SNL, same night lay, go for dates. I'll tell you why. In the long run, I believe you will actually end up sleeping with more women and dating more women if you end up getting their number and then going on a date with them. So if you get a bunch of numbers in a night, not all of them, but some of them will convert to a date. And from there, it's going to be easier to get to the point where you guys were sleeping together because she's going to feel more attracted to you than trying to go for the pull. Of course, you can always get a bunch of numbers and then try to pull one home, I guess. But still, my point is, is that even with that one that you're trying to pull home, odds are you'll be more likely to end up sleeping with her after you guys end up exchanging numbers and you ask her out. So it's more efficient that way. I want you to think dates over pulling. Again, pulling is pulling her home for the jargon out there. I want you to focus on specifically getting this to a date. You will see more success this way because it is harder and I'm not trying to steer you away from something that's hard. And even if you're looking for casual relationships, I should add, you still can go on dates. Some guys are like, oh no, dates is like too romantic. It might, it might turn into like a, I'm not trying to get a girlfriend. That's fine. You don't have to. People go on dates all the time and have casual relationships. So don't think that date equals romance. It just means two people hanging out that are attracted to each other. And then you can build even more attraction. And what happens is, so okay, what's the reason, by the way, why most pulls don't work besides logistics, right? Logistically, it can be tough. She's with her friends, people are far, you've been drinking, whatever. Besides logistics, the number one reason why it's harder to convert and get some woman to come home with you is the idea of building comfort, is the idea of safety. She does not feel safe so fast like a guy does. Women have to worry about their physical safety. They have to worry about their emotional safety. They have to worry about their friends and people thinking that they're slutty, even themselves feeling that they're slutty. Women are constantly monitoring their social standing so they don't want to be thought of as a slut or someone who's easy. 
That's why you can ask any guy. They'd take a girl home in a second and ask a girl. Maybe she wants to, but she's more hesitant. Why? Because she doesn't feel the comfort yet. The formula is comfort plus attraction equals compliance. You need to build comfort with her, i.e. make her feel safe. And one way to do that is by being in a variety of environments with her, also having a variety of conversation topics. This reinforces that you two are the only constants. And so you build comfort and then you build attraction and then you get compliance. Compliance meaning then she'll go home with you, then she'll go on a date with you, then she'll sleep with you. So it's harder and less of a conversion to take a girl home than getting her number. And that's the reason why. So I urge you to think about this in a different way, Nate. And I understand it seems like you're in a small town, you got a lot of logistical issues. But either way, if you're an hour away, it's no different doing that than getting a date. And for someone like you, it's going to be more important to, or easier, I should say, to get a date than to pull them home because of your logistical issue. So think about that, guys. Think about dates over the idea of having to pull her home. Here's one from Sam. Hi, Trip. How can I build up my confidence of taking things to a sexual level with women? I have a fear of doing so, even I know it's what should be done. I think it stems from fear of rejection, fear of being accused of being creepy, or of harassment, especially as I have little experience. I'll give a few examples. I went on four dates with a girl I found attractive recently, and nothing intimate happened. She had a great time, but after four dates, said she really enjoys spending time with me, but she thinks more as friends. I said, I hope you find what you're looking for in the end, but she knows where to find me if she changes her mind in the future. In another example, I was out with a few friends, including a girl I knew as a mutual friend. Throughout the night, she was very touchy and close to me, but I didn't know what to do, and I just felt anxious. In general, I have a lot of female friends, and they love spending time with me, but they just see me as a friend. Thanks, Sam. Yes, the typical friend zone story. This literally reminds me of one of my famous stories. Do you guys have like highlights, like famous stories from your past? They're only famous to you. It's like your own little inside joke. It's like these moments, these memories that you remember. And it's like one of your, I call it like one of your famous stories. It's like, oh yeah, that story. It's like, you don't remember everything that happened in your past 10, 15, 20, 30, 40 years of life, but you have those highlights. One of my highlights is I actually ended up in high school which blew my mind with one of the more attractive girls. So yes, I had an opportunity. I was into her and her friends. They ended up telling me that she liked me and my mind was blown because I thought it was just a friend zone situation. And then she liked me. And then we hung out a couple of times. I won't even call it dates. You're in high school. And we hung out a couple of times and I never went for the kiss. And she wasn't prude either. She's already been with guys at this point. And I remember that we had this moment where I could go for a kiss and the next day she friend zoned me. And I know that sounds funny. I'm telling a story all the way from high school, but women are women, men are men. It's still all the same. It's still relevant. And so what's happening with you, Sam, is you're not taking these opportunities. I mean, duh, right? We know this. You're saying that you think it stems from the fear of rejection, fear of being accused of being creepy or harassment. Yeah, so that's where it's coming from. But let's weigh what's going on here. So let me kind of give you a new mindset. So what's happening here is 
you're in a lot of pain, enough pain that you wrote this whole email to me. You're listening to podcasts. I'm sure you're pretty annoyed. You're very bothered, Sam, by the fact that you're not taking any action here because of your fear. How much more fucking annoying is that? How much more annoying is that? That you're going through this right now, then you end up getting rejected. Because look what happened. You got rejected. You fear rejection, but you're getting indirect rejected anyways. That's right. You're getting indirect rejections. I call it an indirect rejection because it's not that you're getting directly rejected like you tried to do something and someone said no. It's that before even anything happens, the girl's like, he's in the friend zone. He's not being sexual with me. I don't see a man. I see weak. I see beta. He's in the friend zone. So that's what she's doing. She's putting you in the friend zone because that's how she feels about you because you're not making that effort. You're not taking that chance. So I ask you to step into your manhood, to step into courage, and to get to the point where you realize, man, I'm already getting rejected. I got to try here. But let's dive deeper because I know that that won't be enough to change your mind, but it is something that does help, that whole mindset of the fact that you're already getting rejected anyways. But let's talk about your fear. This all stems from your fear of rejection, your fear of being accused of being creepy or harassment. If you're going on a date with the girl, this is not harassment. If you're going on a date with the girl, this is not creepy. If you're going on a date with the girl, this is not inappropriate. And what I'm talking about is going for a kiss at the very least. And it sounds like you're not even doing that. The reason why I'm saying kiss and not taking things sexual is because everything starts with a kiss. I can't imagine that you are going on these dates with these women and you're kissing and they're still friend zoning you. Maybe they are. That can happen. But you got to just start with the kiss. After the kiss, everything else is easy. You just continue to progress forward and go through the physical escalation process. And then you don't need to worry about harassment or being creepy because all you got to do is continue forward until she says no. That's it. We're not going to do anything. We're not going to have sex without consent. You guys know that. I hope so. But she's not going to try anything. So you're going to have to make the move to go for a kiss. You're going to be after the one who's going to have to make the move to take the clothes off and to continually to get physical and get sexual with them. And as soon as she's feeling uncomfortable, acting uncomfortable, and or saying, hey, no, let's not do this. Let's not go that far or I'm not comfortable yet. You stop. Simple as that. So again, you're not going to be creepy or harassing any woman that you're going on a date with that's known as a date and then making a move. That's totally okay. That's totally fine to go for the kiss or else you're just going to continue to get in the friend zone. It took me many times to learn this. Many friend zone mistakes to get to the point where I could finally and confidently just make a move knowing that, hey, if I get rejected, I get rejected. And very little have I been rejected. And I'm not saying that as a look at me, I'm awesome. It just, she's going to kiss you back. You're on a date. She's interested. She's on four dates with you. She's on four dates with you. So she's interested. Again, Sam, not trying to shame you, trying to motivate you, trying to just kick your ass a little bit, get you into gear. 
You got to make this happen. Stop being scared. I know that's like the worst advice you can give someone, by the way. And I'll call myself out on it saying stop. It's not actually not good advice. Telling someone to stop is never good advice. You need to tell someone to start doing something. It's like when someone is in a smoking habit. You say, well, just stop smoking. That doesn't do anything, right? You need to tell them to start doing something as a way to break the habit. So here's my start for you. You're going to start going for a kiss at the end of the first date. You're going to be scared. You're going to have fear inside of you. You're going to be nervous, but you got to just start making the move and going for it because you know that if you don't, you're going to end up in the exact same place. So that's why you're going to start doing it. And then you say in your first question here, your first sentence, you say, how can I build up my confidence of taking things to a sexual level with women? The answer is you got to start doing that. I'm sorry that that's the only answer that there is. But at the very least, the hardest thing is just going from nothing to a kiss. That's the hardest part. So you need to start doing that. And that way you'll become more confident. The only reason why you're not confident taking things to a sexual level is because you're not trying, Sam. So let's get this going. From Anonymous. Hello, Trip. Love your content and thought to reach out in need of some help with the situation. It's been so hard finding someone to confide in or someone to write back with some advice. Hope this finds you well. My issue essentially involves me falling in love with my best friend, whom I adore not only as my closest friend of almost 20 years, but have fallen head over heels for, and it is killing me. I hate it and wish I could see her as platonic as I had early on because I know this will only lead to heartache in the end. I just need some help as what to do in this situation. I know she loves me with all of her heart, but obviously that is more in line with friendship rather than romantic. Well, guys, it looks like we have a theme on our hands on this episode. He continues, I'm a 38-year-old male. She is 35. We've known each other and have been best friends since high school. In short, she's now going through a divorce and is one of her closest friends. I've been there for her through it all as she has with me in my times of breakups and losing out in a relationship. I know, it sounds like the cheesiest of 80s romantic comedies and highly unrealistic in the real world, but I just don't know how to handle this. In a perfect world, she would feel the same way, but I know with women and friends that it just doesn't happen the way it does in the movies. I don't want to lose her in any capacity. She means the world to me, but the stress and pain of the situation is affecting me greatly, especially in the presence of other male attention slash dates that she's receiving. Sorry for the length. Just didn't know who to turn to. Thanks in advance, Anonymous. Okay, this is a good question. I have answers. I've answered these questions before. I'm familiar with the long-winded friend zone situation. So where do I begin? Well, let's just first say this. You're in denial. You think that there's a chance And the fact that you think that there's a chance and you might not be conscious of it until now that I'm saying it, but the fact that you think there's a chance is hurting it. I believe that's one of the biggest things. I think that once you learn there's not a chance, you can start to mourn the death of the potential opportunity that you have with this person. So there's thought number one. 
Thought number two comes with the fact that you are obsessing over someone who doesn't want you and you're forgetting the cardinal rule of picking out a woman. And it's in my game plan in the whole system I've created. And the rule is we don't go for women who have low interest. You should always be filtering for a high level of interest. And you don't have a high level of interest. You have a very, very low level of interest because it has nothing to do with your friendship. It has to do with how she sees you sexually and romantically. And she doesn't. So I believe that you need to remember how this works. That when it comes to seeking out what qualifies a woman to be with you is that she has a high level of interest, that she's interested in you. High level of interest means she's interested in you sexually. She's interested in you romantically. So you're holding on to this idea. Now, you didn't really mention here, I think, that you tried. So have you tried? But it sounds like you're not because as I'm reading here, you don't want to ruin your friendship. It just kills me. You said it's killing you. It's killing me to feel that this is a friendship. It's not a friendship. Do you want to have sex with one of your male friends and be romantic with them? No, you don't. It's because it's a friendship. Also, it's because you're not homosexual, but it's also because it's a friendship. This is not a friendship. This is a girl that you've had a crush on that you really like, and you guys know each other very well for 20 years. So here are your options. You need to either right away start mourning the death of the possibility between you two, and you need to start meeting other women who you're going to start to feel really good that she has sexual interest in you, another new woman, so that you can forget about the idea of being in some sort of romantic situation with this friend of 20 years. That has to happen. Your option B is you can try, but I think you know the consequences of that. Either she'll be interested, which seems like there's a low chance because she's not going to want to ruin the friendship, or she's not and the friendship's going to be dead. But it sounds like that doesn't that doesn't seem to be an option for you. It doesn't sound like you want to have that be an option. It sounds like you want to keep her as a friend. And if that's the case, how much better is it going to be to be with someone who has a high level of interest? And please don't give me that crap about, but Trip, she's got this and that and, and the unicorn problem. This girl's different. Well, yes, she is different. Every woman is different from each other. They look different. They act different. But that doesn't mean she's a unicorn in the fact that she's the only one out there for you who's going to have all the qualities that you're looking for with the quality of she has a high level of interest, a.k.a. she likes you. I'm kind of giving you some tough love. Like, I want to beat this out of you. I want to grab your collar and I want to shake you and I want to say, listen, man, forget this woman. Forget her. Forget someone that doesn't see you as someone romantically. You only have so much life left. You're 38 years old. You got another good 30 years in you. Spend that time finding someone who wants to be with you. Mourn the death, please, for your own sake, for your health, for your health. 
You said here in a perfect world, she would feel the same way, but I know with women and friends that it doesn't happen the way in the movies. That's right. Unfortunately, that's the way it works. So focus on your life. Stop focusing on her. Get back to your life. Let's go to Bob. Hello, Trip. I have a question that you can share on the podcast if you like. Last summer, while dropping my daughter off at summer day camp, I noticed a stunning woman drop her daughter off in front of me. I saw her a couple more times over the remainder of summer camp. At the time, I was going through divorce and dealing with a lot, so I didn't think to act on my attraction to her. Conveniently, I'm 99% sure that she just showed up under my People You May Know section of Facebook. My hairstylist is a common friend. In her public photos, it is all just her and her daughter, no men, giving me the impression that she is a single mother. I'm writing to ask you if there is a way to reach out to her through Facebook Messenger and not come across creepy slash stalker. Should I mention that I noticed her previously and found her attractive? For reference, I'm newly single 41-year-old, and she appears to be about the same age. I love your podcast. Thanks for all the advice, Bob. Bob, what are you doing, man? I coach guys like you, fresh out of a divorce. Get into my coaching program. You should not be just going for one woman. Please, guys, don't just be strategizing over one woman. You're wasting your time. That doesn't mean I'm not going to help you, Bob. I'm going to give you an answer here. Don't worry, but you need to sign up for coaching, especially guys like you, guys who are just fresh out of divorces. You need the help. You're at the point where you're at an age where time is of the essence. So coachedbytrip.com. Get there immediately. Fill out an application. I'd love to work with you. Okay. So what do you do? Okay. Well, your hairstylist is a common friend. Can you go that route? You could. So that's one way. I think that might even be the better way. You can say to your hairstylist and say, you know, talk to your friend, talk to the woman. Your hairstylist is going to know if she's single. So if she is, Tell your hairstylist to ask to set you up. Ask her if she's interested in meeting a, a great guy who also is a single dad. Try that out. I think that's your best option. Your second best would be to go to Facebook. You can friend her and you can say this line. You can say, hey, I know this is random, but you looked familiar. I think our kids go to the same summer day camp. Does your kid go to blank, blank, blank? I think that's fine. I think you can say that. I don't think that's creepy. I think that your conversion is going to be lower there because you're basically asking her to go off of what she sees. And of course, that is what online dating is based off of. But who knows how good your Facebook is, how your pictures are. It's just not the same place as, let's say, Tinder, Bumble, Hinge. So it might be a low conversion, but you can try. And I think that would be the best line. Just say something along those lines. Hey, I know this is random, but you look familiar. You know, our kids might be going to the same camp. And if she responds in a couple of back and forths, just ask her to a drink. Funny enough, it won't be that creepy. This is how people meet now. <laughs> they meet online. You can even say to her, be honest, say, hey, you came up in my people you know section. You look familiar. I think our kids go to the same camp. Simple as that. Guys, man, I always try to get through as many questions as I can. But as you know, I like to give you nice, thorough answers. Thank you for listening. If this is helpful to you, 
then please rate it five stars on iTunes, five stars on Spotify. If you need help, email me, trip at tripadvice.com. Put in the subject line podcast question. I'll answer your questions here on the podcast. If you need more help, you know where to go. Apply for coaching at coachedbytrip.com. I want you to then get the video course if you feel that coaching is not a good fit for you. Getterhooked.com is where you can find that. Thanks for listening. Thanks for emailing in. More coming. Lots more fun guests this year. Fun topics. Thanks for listening. See you on the next episode.